Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Happy Friday to you. Glad you're with us as we broadcast live in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, and across the OutKick network, discussing all things college and NFL football. 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Danny Cannell about to join us. We discussed earlier in the week, Chad, uh, with Drake May and the lack of pub, the lack of height behind North Carolina's quarterback and how many of the average college football fan poll, if we walk down the street, are you a college football fan? Yes. How many losses does Carolina have? I don't think they would say one. I think it would be more than that. I think they oh, would guess. Oh, for sure. And Drake May and the numbers he's been putting up this year and the lack of buzz about that I realize we're talking about it but not to the extent as you would expect for a newcomer on the college football scene that's doing what he's doing at Carolina and with with a chance to go win an ACC championship Danny Canel will uh, join us in a matter of minutes later we will get into the top NFL matchups for this weekend and We'll roll through some of our favorite games on week 11. So going back to Drake May, had this uh, discussion with someone in our YouTube chat, or maybe it was on OutKick360 Twitter. You can follow us at OutKick360 and interact with us that way about Drake May. And they said, uh, no one from that basketball conference is going to win or be in Heisman contention. I said, well, what about Lamar Jackson was the name that popped to it. And they said, well, go look at his stats. He had over 5,200 all-purpose yards. Drake May, with four games left, could surpass that. Could get to Man. Lamar Jackson-type numbers it's without insane. rushing the same way. You know, but he, he, he runs the ball, too. But the combination is, is incredible. When you yeah. look at the, his, his stat line, is mind-boggling this year. Danny Cannell uh, joining us courtesy of Bet Online. You can visit that, betonline.net. Uh, updated college football playoff conference, Heisman and college football week 12 lines. Danny, good to have you on the show, man. Hope things are well. What's up, fellas? Pleasure to be on, man. Congrats on all your success. Been a fan here for a while. Uh, pumped to be on for the first time. We're a big fan Thanks, of yours, man. too. I, I was telling Hutton before this segment, uh, my, one of my cousins grew up in Orange Park, Florida, outside of Jacksonville, was a big Florida State fan, and you're his guy. Like Every time, every time I take a Danny Cannell, I think – that's my cousin David's guy. That's who he'd always reference as his favorite Florida State uh, quarterback as a Seminoles fan. I'm curious of your take, Danny, on just the state of the ACC and where I really feel there's a vacuum there for a Florida State that someone can step into. Florida State's a great candidate where it's Clemson. They're not as dominant right now and the rest of the conference some teams are getting better, some aren't. What do you think about Florida State being that next program to step up? Oh, look at you guys coming with a softball to start it off yeah, to hey, butter me up. I go. like it, though. I'm not going to push back. Um, so I think you're right. Clemson, 
I think there's two teams. I think Clemson and Bama, I think you're seeing some cracks in the foundations of those dynasties that have taken place over the last decade of college football. But with Clemson specifically, last year got off to a rough start. Um, you know, they were able to win out, able to get a 10-win season, which was really impressive for Dabo. I thought last year might have been the coaching job, you know, maybe the best coaching job he's had in his career there. But you're seeing like some struggles with the offense now. And probably the biggest cause for alarm with Clemson was the game they got pushed around against Notre Dame. And that was rough to watch and to see them get physically manhandled like that. And that's just one of the many problems. Like DJ Uangale is still not panned out where he's met the expectations, which granted are off the charts, but that's what you're, it should be at Clemson. Um, so it feels like they're vulnerable. The offense feels stale. And they're not as dominant as they've been. So, yeah, that opens the door. And I thought Florida State this year played them as tough as they have in five years. I think if they played them again, actually, Florida State's gotten healthier and they've built more and more confidence with Jordan Travis. I think that game would be really intriguing. Uh, But we don't get to play them again. But you're right. And I think this year was so massive for Mike Norvell and the Seminoles because... The Dion stuff is out there. It's real, right? There's and Florida State fans are well aware of of you know Dion and the success he's had at Jackson State and how his name has come to the forefront of potentially getting a next job. So it was really important for Mike Norvell to have a big year this year. And it started off awesome. They get the win against LSU, but then they had that three-game skid. But at least it was good teams, and they were they were in them in the fourth quarter. Like the NC State game still won that that stings a little bit because it felt like it should have won that one. But the most important thing is they bounce back. And if they can finish out, which I think they will, they have Louisiana as a, you know, their 24-point favorite. The look-ahead line to Florida, I think, is a touchdown. They have to win those two. But if you go in and you're 9-3 and three in the regular season, you win your bowl game, that's a 10-win season. That's, that's a pretty good like turnaround story. And then, most importantly, you build that momentum in the recruiting game, NIL, transfer portal, which... Mike Norvell has done an outstanding job getting the right guys, not the most talented, but the right guys for the program. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Florida State is primed to fill that void. If you're Georgia Tech, do you hire Deion Sanders? And on the flip side of that, if you're Deion Sanders, do you leave for Georgia Tech or do you wait for something better? So I think you nailed it the way you set up that question because, yeah, you you go after Deion. Actually, you know what? I don't know if it makes sense for either side. Um, here's why. I mean, Georgia Tech is an academic, uh, you know, academic institution that prides itself on, you know, having a higher standard, um, and that's restrictive in the recruiting game. I think that's why you know Georgia's owned the state, but it wasn't that long ago that Georgia Tech was playing for ACC champions, but uh, championships. But you guys know this. Paul Johnson was running a unique yep. system, which which minimized the talent gap because he's running the triple option. So I actually think that's the direction they should go. And I think Dion knows that. Like Dion needs to go to a place where they're going to say, here's a check and do whatever you want. And we're going to back you no matter what. We understand that you're going to be the face of the program, that you're a brand. But here's the thing about Dion that I don't know if everybody's aware of, or at least they're starting to become aware of. He's a really good football coach. Man, I I and even myself have come to this reality because you know. I'm a traditional guy. Even, you know, he played at Florida State. He was all flash, the chains, you know, prime time, neon, Dion, pick whatever nickname you want to go with. That's not really my style. And I'd be like, ah, that, can that work as a coach? But if you watch him in some of the series that are behind the scenes and you see the interaction he has with his players, he runs a tight ship. 
it's not what you would expect. Like he's disciplined. He holds his players to a high standard. He works them really hard and they come ready to play and they're physical. I think like, don't believe, you know, everything on the outside, like that is a facade, but underneath it, I think there's a lot of substance. When I think a lot of people might think there's nothing there, there's a lot of substance and he is uber competitive. I think he wants to be special. So I think for both parties, I think it makes sense for him to go somewhere else where he can have, where they understand what he is, but they can also give him the type of players that he needs and the resources he needs. Cause he can, I think he's going to, I think he's going to succeed wherever he goes. Danny Cannell with us on Outkick 360, courtesy of betonline.net. Danny, how pissed off are you going to be if a one loss Tennessee gets in over conference champion for the playoff? Depends. Which conference champion are we talking? <laughs> uh, let's say, let's say it's one loss USC in the Pac 12. That will bother me more. I thought you were going to go with it again with a softball and say Clemson is an ACC champ, but I think Tennessee would I have think a too better. Far down. Yeah, they, right. It, it feels I know. like Clemson I, and North Carolina have too much ground to make up where they are in the in the rankings right now, right? Right, for sure. It does without chaos ensuing, you know. And who knows what's going to happen? Michigan, uh, Ohio State game. We'll see. But if that's close, it sure feels like you could potentially see two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. But I wouldn't be that upset, man. I've been really impressed with Tennessee. I really have. Um, I talked to Josh Heupel yesterday on my radio show and just blown away in year two that he could have this thing on the cusp. And it does feel like, I'm sure you guys have talked a ton about this. I mean, it feels like they kind of control their own destiny. They went out. They should jump in there. But at USC, sitting there at seven, two spots behind, does have a massive game against a top 25 opponent. UCLA is 16th right now that they could win. If they win that, then they have Notre Dame, who's another top 25 team. Like slowly, USC's resume starts to become better than Tennessee's. So if it was just those two, I think you would, and this all comes in the eyes of committee, and this is the thing that if you try to figure out what they're doing, don't, because you will never be able to figure it out because it's a moving target and it's a different crew every time that they can come up with any excuses they want to explain away their four teams. But I would think in that situation, USC's only loss being by one point on the road against a Utah team who could be their favorite against Oregon this weekend, a really good team. And there's potential also the best case scenario for USC is if they went out and they play Utah and they beat Utah and avenge that loss. That would probably bother me. I would probably make the case for USC over Tennessee. But if it is Tennessee versus Clemson, I think it's a harder sell, like, you know, to try to pound the table for. Um, if it's TCU is a one loss, I think TCU is a great story. And I think if they're 13 and 0, they are a lock for the playoff. But if they lose, again, they're a short favorite, two and a half point favorite against Baylor. If they lose, I think Tennessee gets in over them. So I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. They've been a great story. And I also think. I would actually wouldn't mind. I know a lot of people uh, don't want to see another Georgia Tennessee game. I kind of would neutral site. Like given the crowd had a massive impact uh, impact, you know, Eric Ainge went out there and opened his mouth. And then a lot of, you know, yes, people started, was, you know, Tennessee not, fans, not started, the smartest. What? Yep. And we, can we just acknowledge that maybe you should wait to talk trash till after the game? Like it, once you win, then say, yeah, that place isn't loud. Like, of course they woke up that Georgia crowd and it had an impact. And there were also not one, but two throws that Hendon Hooker missed that if he could have back and maybe hits on those, maybe it changes the complexion. Georgia still would be a heavy favorite again, but I wouldn't mind seeing that matchup again. Like if you're just looking at 
who stacks up and rematches and those type of things. I wouldn't mind seeing Tennessee, Georgia again. One more hypothetical. One loss, Ohio State, Tennessee, and USC. Who gets in? One loss, Ohio State, Let's losing Michigan, to Michigan, yes, right? So Michigan yes. would beat Ohio State, right. and then they would be out of the Big Ten championship game in that scenario. And it's Tennessee? Tennessee, Ohio State, USC. USC, because in, two, in this scenario, I'm saying Georgia, Michigan, You're saying Michigan, two of those three TCU. get in or one th- of those three? I'm saying you get one because it would, be, it would be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and then there's the fourth team. Who's the fourth team? I think it's USC. I really do. Wow. Um, as a one loss. So here's the thing. Cause, and, and now here's the thing they would have. They would have a common opponent. Now, because they have Notre Dame that last game, they would have to win. But like Ohio State was not. That was probably their worst. Yeah. Not a, Northwestern was their worst performance. But that was wind aided. But if USC beat Notre Dame pretty convincingly, they'd have that edge. And they would have the conference championship over a top 25 team. And Ohio State's like the Big Ten. Like I know we talked earlier about the ACC. It's down. Like it's not It's not deep at all. The Big Ten is is quickly like becoming a little bit of a dumpster fire. Like it's you got coaching turnover. You're firing Paul Christ. The, the, the West is an absolute crapshoot of who could be there. And it could be Iowa with this offense, which looks like it's playing in 1957, but they got a great defense. Like the, it's not going to be a, a resume builder, whoever Ohio state or Michigan plays. Um, I still think it would, I would lean USC there now. And I also think there's gotta be something to Ohio state playing at home. Like if you lose at home, that to me is a pretty like uh, an, a rough indictment on you. And I also think the committee as much as like people don't want to don't, don't want to acknowledge this, I think you have to consider that the Pac-12 has been left out. What are we on year five or six? I, I forget how many years it is. The Pac-12 hasn't had representation in the playoff. I think that might come into play too, where they'd be like, "All right, they got one loss, conference champ. We kind of have to give them that opportunity." Uh, and so I think it would be USC. Danny Cannell, our guest. Um, why have we not jumped on the Drake May train the same way we would for any young quarterback coming in and lighting up a Power 5 school the way he has? I think it's pretty easy. Um, he plays at a basketball school, you know? And I mean, I know Mark Stoops and Coach Cal got into it over that. I think Mac Brown would probably take issue with that as well. He also plays in the ACC where the competition hasn't been great. And he hasn't had that many opportunities to play on a big stage. You know, like that's 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 one thing that's really driven me nuts about the ACC is this horrendous TV. And contract Danny, the biggest they, stage was probably Notre Dame. That's also yeah. going against him, even though I think he put up big numbers in that game. But Notre Dame yeah, winning that, five that big game, yeah, yeah, he had five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like he's been flawless. Um, you're right; it probably was the biggest stage. I think was that an NBC game? I think it might have been. It was. Uh, it was ABC at night. I'm pretty sure, actually. Yeah, but it was a, okay. it was a network game. Yeah, so he played there. It was a loss. And then he's kind of an afterthought. North Carolina was an afterthought. And then, you know, the teams he's played against, and like Miami, he beat another great performance. That was on ABC. My guy, Dusty Dvorak, called that game. But it was kind of on a busy Saturday, and people probably aren't tuning in. And he plays Duke. It's Pitt. It's Virginia. It's Wake Forest. And all of these, by the way, the last, you know, several of them are field goal games where he has these incredibly high-stress possessions where if he doesn't score, they lose. And if he throws a turnover, they lose by 15 or 20. And yet he's delivered every single time. But a lot of times, like, you just see him buried. And Heisman voters, and I do think, like, the general, you know, college fans that just kind of watch casually and, 
you know, root for love college football, they're not going to go look for an ACC game. You know, and I think that's a reality. I think that's a perception problem. But I do think he is right in the thick of things and he's going to have a couple opportunities. Statistically, he should have a big game against Georgia Tech. They're a heavy favorite. He should be able to keep padding his stats, stay on pace with CJ Stroud, where they lead the country in touchdown passes with 34. Then he's got NC State, which is a Black Friday game which is a rivalry. And again, it's like, eh, but there aren't that many games. And I think at that point, people will start taking notice. And then I think against Clemson, primetime, ABC, that'll be his time. Where ultimately, I think in the Heisman Trophy race, I don't, I don't know if I like this or not, but it feels like the winner is going to be the MVP of conference championship weekend. And if you're not playing on conference championship weekend, I don't think you have a chance to win. And like if, if they all fall, I think Hendon Hooker might backdoor his way in. But it feels like C.J. Stroud, Blake Corum at Michigan, Drake May, and Caleb Williams playing at USC, if they play in it, um, are probably, and whoever has the best performance in the most exciting game is probably going to end up stealing the Heisman Trophy. It is pretty wide open, though. I yeah. can't remember a race that's been this close. Chad, it's, if we were discussing this, Danny, we, we the best value right now is out west with Williams. He's like yeah. plus 1,500 to win it. He's fifth. He has the fifth best odds. But he's about to take over the primetime slot. Well, he's got a chance Saturday night in a primetime slot on Fox yeah. to play great against UCLA. And I also think C.J. Stroud could just lock the thing up if he's lights out against Michigan because everyone's going to watch totally. that game. That's fair, too. So that's the one. He's the odds-on favorite now. And if he plays great, he probably wins the Heisman. And I'm, I'm guessing right now, with the odds, Hooker would probably finish second. But C.J. Stroud, if he plays great against Michigan, has got an inside track. Danny, I want to ask you kind of a state of the program of two different jobs that are open, have been open for a while, and are trying to position themselves for the next coach. Just where you think those programs are and where they should go in terms of the type of coach they need. And even if you have a name for them, please throw them out. I want to start with Nebraska, who, I mean, they have not been to a bowl game since 2016. They were here in town for the Music City Bowl against Tennessee. And now that Kansas is bowl eligible, that's the longest Power 5 drought for a bowl game right now. It's incredible to see how far they've fallen for such a prideful program. Where should they go next? So I wish I'd give some real like hot take name. It was like lock it up. But I do think the name that has been out there that feels like they might go higher is actually a really good fit. And it's Matt Rule, who's, you know, just coming off a tenure with the Carolina Panthers. But if you, and I know Matt Rule, you know, covered him talked to him. I was a little bit worried about him in the NFL because he feels like a college coach. Like he, in college, you got to motivate the players, get them up. You got to get them to buy into the the philosophy and buy into giving you effort and, you know, kind of a rah-rah type of mentality. And Matt Rule was great at that. Um, in the NFL, it's more about just tell me what to do. Like I, my paycheck is going to clear. Just tell me what to do. And, and if you get rah-rah, players are almost turned off by that. And I think you saw that and then he didn't have a quarterback, which didn't help either. But we've seen him at tough programs like Temple. It's not easy to win, even though it was kind of easy. They, they had a nice little run there, but he kept it. And they were, they were, they gave Notre Dame on the national stage the run for their money when Notre Dame was in that, you know, uh, you know, top five team. Then he goes to Baylor and actually covered his first game at Baylor when they lost to Liberty. It was one of the biggest upsets in college football history. I think they were a 40 point favorite and lost. And then they went, I think it was one and 11 or it was, it was a rough first year. And of course we knew what was going on at Baylor, 
and you know it was a mess and he had to completely turn around that program which he did which he parlayed into the job with the Panthers but you've got to have somebody i think with experience of of turning around a bit of a mess cuz it is a mess at Nebraska i mean it's just let's call a spade a spade it's ugly it's bad and you got to have somebody who's got i do think you have to bring in somebody that has a brand like like i think Lance Heipold would be a great hire I don't know if he sells to the you know the boosters and brings a lot of excitement. I think he should, but I don't think he would. Um, we saw the Scott Frost experiment; like he was a you know it looked perfect on paper, and then it just collapsed because I think of his inexperience. Maybe just was a little bit too early for him. But Matt Rule's got a history with this; he's done this before, and I think he really could infuse some life in there. And I think he's a good football coach, and I think they have deep pockets where they could start spending. And spending for the right types of players. I think that's the one thing we're starting to learn is you can go out and buy, you know, now that's legal, you can buy recruiting classes, you can buy transfer portal, but you got to buy the right guys and you got to, you got to, or just recruit the right guys, bring in the right guys. And if you, and if you, it, they have to be guys that buy into the culture. I think Matt Rule would do a pretty good job of that. So I think he's the best name for them. I don't know if they'll go in that direction. I've heard, you know, it's got a lot of speculation, but I think he'd be a fantastic hire if they did. And the expectation, to me, should be Big Ten West championships, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what yeah. we should expect? I mean, I mean look at the Big Ten you, West this year. There, there's no great programs or teams. Nebraska is exactly. as good as any program in the Big Ten West. Or they should and be, And I least. think the expectation, I think it's fair to say they should do it fairly quickly. Like, it's not a gauntlet. It's a mess. You know, you should be able to turn it around quickly. So, Auburn... Um, to me, I think the target should be Lane Kiffin, and that's sort of the ceiling. And I feel like the floor is Hugh Freeze, who would gladly take that job, and I think he would do well. Do you like those two names, and are those two guys a fit? Because, as we saw, Danny, if you hire someone who's not a fit, they're going to get run out of town quickly with Brian Harson coming from Boise, Idaho. Yeah, I was torn with the Brian Harson hire because it felt odd, right? I don't, it was just – and he had a good track record, but – it just felt odd. And I think you're 100% right. You do have to have a good fit. And I do think either one of those guys would be a great fit because they both had success, right? In the SEC, I think they both understand what it's like to coach in the SEC, the ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs, the expectations, the the passion, the, the criticism that you're going to take, the boosters that are going to be involved, um, how you kind of have to play the game. You got to, you know, you got to shake the right hands. You got to say the right things with the media. And both of them have a lot of experience and done it at the highest level. Um, I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think Lane should take Auburn? Like if you're him, because man, it feels like he's got a good thing going at Ole Miss. You got that ball rolling. You've earned yourself a little bit of a runway here to get a few more. Like it's a year by year thing in the SEC, right? If you have one bad year, you could be on the outs. But he feels like he's earned some cachet with the Ole Miss faithful. Do you think he like? Do you think he'd be willing to go to that, which is much more uncertain, or is there just a payday that's coming that you can't turn it down? I don't think it's a no brainer at all that he should take the Auburn job. I think it, you would have. It's a big question. You, you maybe should stay at Ole Miss. Auburn had success hiring one Ole Miss coach with Tommy Tuberville back in the day, hiring them away from Ole Miss. So we've seen it before. But I, I think you're on to something there. But Hutton, something we've talked a lot about too. Lane Kiffin outwardly flirts with other jobs every year. every year. He's talking about attendance at games this year. He just NIL. seems a little bit unhappy or unsettled with the situation at Ole Miss. He he wanted the Miami job a year ago by some report. So 
If he wanted the Miami job, I feel like he would be interested in Auburn too. I guess would be the answer. I know. It just to me, I think that one could be a little I actually I think Hugh Freeze might be a better fit. Just Lane's a little peculiar, right? And he does things. He's he's gonna do some things that raise an eyebrow. And if you're winning, it's great. But if you're not, how's the Auburn faithful gonna gonna receive that? I think Lane's a great coach. But you know, going back to what it was said about Ole Miss, how about the fact what he said too about you know we can't even keep our coordinators? I mean, Levy goes to Oklahoma, Durkin goes to Texas A&M, and he's like, hey, we're getting outbid. It's just reality of what happened. So maybe it is something about that, and maybe he's you know a lot of coaches will use the rumors to get a higher salary. Maybe he's using it to get more certainty and more money and resources for his staff and for the NIL game. Um, but man, I just. I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. I mean, I, I would love to see it. I mean, are you kidding me? It'd be great fodder for us to talk about either one. But I think yeah. Hugh Freeze is a really good football coach. I'd love to see him get another shot in the SEC. We saw what he did at Ole Miss. He was able to beat Alabama a couple times. Like, I think he knows that landscape pretty well, too. Um, I'd love to see him get another shot, too. So I think either one of those, I think if you're Auburn, you have to feel pretty good about either one. If you steal Lane Kiffin, great. If you get uh, Lane or Hugh Freeze, who desperately, I think he wants to get back in the SEC. I think that's great too. Um, so I think either one of those. So you're not buying into any of the the Deion Sanders. I, I not mean, when I, Kiffin's dropping his name. Yeah, I, I think I think Kiffin. So does just that open a, up the, the whole name. the dominoes? Does that open up the dominoes of then if Lane goes to Auburn for so, Deion to so go to Ole we, Miss? We talked about it yesterday, Danny. Charles Barkley went on a show we're friends with, the Next Round Live in Birmingham, and dropped this bomb about Dion. He talks to Dion weekly and said there's going to be a surprise opening, a surprise firing in the SEC. And everyone immediately went to Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. My mind immediately went to new AD at Mississippi State. Mike Leach isn't having the best of years. His personality can rub people the wrong way within a, within a structure, right? He's in Jackson, Mississippi now. Maybe it's Mississippi State that would go hard after Deion Sanders to move right down the road and coach them if they made a change. Yeah, I saw those comments from Barkley and was trying to figure it out too, right? And he was trying to like figure out you know, who's the most vulnerable. And like Jimbo, I just don't think they're going to pay the 86 mil. I don't think they should. I think that'd be a you know, really stupid move for Texas A&M. So like, and I think Barkley was kind of hitting it that might have been the Aggies, but I couldn't get a real read for that. I do think there were... So then then I was like, there's not really anybody that like the, co- the teams aren't happy with, the programs aren't happy with. I know that Dion had interviewed at Arkansas and done really well, and I was like, maybe Sam Pittman limps into the end. Like, is that that would be a shocker though? Yes. Like, if it's a shocking firing, complete, like maybe everyone would like, be surprising. I mean, to his point, like, there's right. not there's not one. And I love one. Pittman, right? Yeah. And that's why, like, I love Sam Pittman. He's done a great job. Like, I I love him, but I was trying to think the same way you are. I do think maybe the Mississippi State one maybe makes the most sense. Where after you could see, you could kind of read the tea. Like, oh yeah, he is in the state. Mike Leach could rub people the wrong way. I think you could start talking yourself in there. I I just have no idea what Barkley was alluding to. Again, similar to the Auburn hire, if there's a surprise firing, good for all of us. Sorry for the coach. I'm sure they'll get paid handsomely because they all have these incredible buyouts. But it it would not surprise me almost anywhere. Last thing for you, Danny Cannell with us. And just tying in all this, I'm really intrigued to see how Ole Miss handles this because they're already paying Lane over $7 million. And the question becomes, would you pony up to pay him to keep him out of the SEC West? But if he wants to go somewhere else, you let somewhere else hire him. Or do they become Kentucky? 
where every time Stoops' name mentioned, Kentucky ponies up and pays him a little bit more, and they invest, and they can do it more at Ole Miss, I guess, based on the fact they're not a basketball school. But you get my point here. I, I, I would like to know where they see themselves with Kiffin five years from now, and at what point does Kiffin say, you know what, I don't want to be anywhere else, because he's, he's never going to do that. So at some point, you have to determine, okay, is this a program that's always going to pay him a little bit more in order to keep him happy, or do you let him go somewhere else outside of the SEC? First of all, can I just say something that you just made me think of? I wish all these athletic directors and school presidents would get together and stop getting played by Jimmy Sexton and all these other... Like, just let them go. If they want to go, go. There are coaches out there that are good, that can, and, but they're all terrified. What if you lose a coach and, and then your program's bad and I get fired? This I get is where it. collusion should happen. All the guys should get yes. together and be like, do not pay him. Jimmy's trying to hold me over the fire for this guy. Yes. Don't talk to yes. them about it. Like, this is the one area where it's almost necessary to curb this out of control <laughs> system. I, I'm totally yes. with you. Yes. And I saw, you know, Jimbo Fisher every year at Florida State. I mean, I thought Florida State was a destination job. I'm sure Oklahoma felt they were and Notre Dame did too. But like at some point, just let them go. Um, so for Lane, I, I mean, clearly the, the ceiling for Ole Miss is higher than Kentucky. We can agree on that, yes. right? Yep. So like, and you're starting to see him have success where now the, the finish of the season is going to be fascinating because you got the egg bowl coming up. Uh, you got a tricky game this weekend. Like, We'll see if they finish strong, get another 10 win season. That's pretty remarkable. And you see how he embraces the NIL game. Maybe he has leveled the yeah. playing field. And, and at worst, then they go like, for, at worst, they're going 10 to eight wins at worst. Right. They're, they're not Which Kentucky. Is, right. And maybe if they get a special quarterback, because I do worry about Jackson Dart not being that special, like that you need to win a national championship at Ole Miss. If you do get a special quarterback, like, Maybe you can win a national championship. And so, like, if that's your goal, which every coach should be, why would you want to flirt with having to go somewhere else, which has been a mess, and and do that? So, I, I don't know. I don't know Lane, like, personally. I've covered him a couple times, met him. I know he's peculiar. But at some point, when does it become like, hey, this is a good thing I've got going on? You know, and, and it feels like it is with, you know, his dogs running around, his kids are there in the <laughs> office. They give, they like him. Like, that's yeah. like SEC. There's, you can't have as much buy on as he's had from the fan base at Ole Miss. At some point, there's got to be value in that. And I, I hope he sticks around for that reason, but I don't know what makes him tick. And if it's, you know, keep up, you know, if it's keep bumping in salary, then good luck to Ole Miss trying to spend with the other teams that are willing to lure him away. Check out Bet Online for updated college football playoff odds, conference championship odds. You've got Heisman and college football week 12 lines and much more. BetOnline.net. Uh, Danny, always great to catch up, man. And uh, hopefully we'll do it down the road soon. And who knows, maybe we'll do it uh, after Drake May wins the Heisman. Let's see. We'll see. It should be fun, man. It's bittersweet, isn't it? This, this season going by so fast. We're already oh, in the Heisman. It's every crazy. year it does. Every year. It's the, it's yep. the season that flies by. I'm waiting. And then there's a lull as we awesome. wait for January. Yeah. Here we go. Thanks so much, Danny. This is awesome. Thanks, bud. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. There's uh, Danny Cannell. Always great to catch up with him. Uh, CBS Sports. you got uh, SiriusXN, of course, betonline.net for more there. Coming up, switch gears. NFL discussion. The biggest games on Sunday. Going to pick out four or five for you. Go in depth on the magnitude and the turning points for the organizations that are matched up this weekend going into Thanksgiving week. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. 
Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Big thanks to Danny Cannell for joining the show. Outkick 360 rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. If uh, you're in Nashville for maybe a concert, you've got a convention, maybe you're coming to a NFL game from across the country, swing by here. Say hello. Grab the tasting bar. Grab a spot there. All the moonshine on the wall. The kaleidoscope, Chad. The kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope, oh, moonshine, is what we stare at every day right through the window in front of us into the tasting room. A friendly crowd today at Six and Peabody. A lot of people waving at us uh, through, the, through the door. Keep it coming. Uh, we love to see people. This is a place that attracts uh, people from all over the country to come here and uh, experience this venue. So please, when you stop by, come say hello to us. Let's hit the uh, NFL top games, shall we? Some key matchups. The Bills have dropped two straight. They are favored by seven in what was going to be a home game, but now both teams are on their way to Detroit. The Browns are going to bus the two and a half hours to Detroit. And uh, Davey Hudson, our producer of the show, is saying that Buffalo is having trouble getting out of the city, just trying to get to Detroit. So we'll keep you updated on that. The good news with Josh Allen is he's playing in this game. I don't know if there was really any doubt there, but he was on the injury report. News has come out today. He's, he's good to go. He's going to play this week. But this is one of those – we're mentioning it here. I don't think – you're not picking the Browns, are you? No. Okay. But I do want to see Josh Allen get back to Josh Allen-like things. And the last three games, six combined interceptions and a fumble, that's not number one Buffalo Bills uh, Super Bowl hopeful play. This is one of these games where you're now thinking, okay, this, this is opponent. You're supposed to go in and win. And I get it. It was supposed to be a home game. Things have been kind of topsy-turvy for them this week. They've got to get back on track before the backstretch of December where they're going to play the division games where they're currently third in the division because they're 0-2 right now. It's a critical point in their season right now with the, the weather situation in Buffalo, moving this game to a neutral field where you had a home game, playing an inferior team, you're a touchdown favorite. Um, coming off that loss, just the way they lost, it was a wild game where they had it. And to lose at home that way to the Vikings, um, it's... It's a disappointing three-loss team right now. 
You know, there's a lot of teams around the NFL that would be thrilled to be have three losses at this point. The Bills aren't one of them right. with their roster. So this is a key game to make sure you handle business. I think they will. You're right, though. Josh Allen needs to cut back on the turnovers, and he needs to start looking like himself again. I, I, I believe that starts to happen this weekend. Four of those picks in the red zone. Jets and Patriots, speaking of the division, the turning point game for the Jets. Coming off the bye against a, a coach and a team they traditionally do not play well against. And we've mentioned this here, Patriots favored by three. The Jets have a, a one more win than New England. If the Jets win this game, Chad, I think they can win the division, believe it or not. They've got the Patriots. Then they have the Bears that will play the Vikings. But after that, the Bills in a rematch where they've already won. They have, to finish the season, Detroit and Jacksonville at home. This is this is the game for them if they are sh- like if they're the Bengals of last year they're a year ahead of where we thought they'd be yeah and also go like, win this game on the road like the Bengals of last year you get the benefit of being a bad team the previous year and matching up with other bad teams exactly so their schedule the is favorable well. because the NFL has the perfect structure to turn teams around quickly and pull everyone either toward the middle from the top or up towards the middle from the bottom the Jets are reaping the rewards of that right now with this schedule. And it's been a good story, but I, I'm with you. I was looking at their schedule earlier this week and thinking they're going to be competitive for the AFC East. But I, I, you're right that it starts this weekend against the Patriots. That would be an, another that went over the Bills in the division. And then if they could go to Foxborough yes. and win this one, it would be it I'm would still, be I'm still on the fence with them. But they, this is one of those where they, they do this and it's kind of a prove-it week. Right now, the seeds in the AFC for the playoffs, and we've got time here. We've we've got a stretch for the uh, the, the actual playoff picture. But the Jets, Bills, and Patriots are in order five, six, and seven in the AFC. In the NFC, right now, the Cowboys are the sixth seed after losing this past week in Green Bay, and they're looking up at the Eagles, of course, leading the NFC East. The Vikings, they're going to win and host a game in the playoffs because they're going to win their division in the NFC North. Dallas has got to get back on track here if they have a chance of winning the division. And it's a tough trip back north before they will have a short week on Thanksgiving back in Dallas. They're favored by one and a half against Minnesota. Minnesota coming off the win against Buffalo. But if you want to discuss playoff positioning and seeding here, this is a big one for Dallas. Not as much for Minnesota, because again, they're going to win their division. Dallas may not, even though we've seen Philly come and look human a bit, right? They, yeah. they came look back beatable. down to earth for one game. Yeah, but uh, this is an odd Vegas stance. Dallas favored by one and a half. Strangest line of the season. Strangest, uh, th- that simple. I, I don't get it. Bengals and Steelers this week. And Cincinnati, after the week off, back on the road. They're favored by four at Heinz Field. We saw a good play, steady play from Kenny Pickett a week ago against the Saints. And while Pittsburgh's not going to make the playoffs, I don't think we're saying that we're about to see a a star-studded run to the postseason. They are healthier, and they do have Tomlin. Meanwhile, Cincinnati has the expectation and within that division, with the chases on for Baltimore and knowing that you have Deshaun Watson coming in in two weeks to the division, Cincinnati needs this win on the road in Pittsburgh. Cincinnati also wins the award for best team tweet of the week. <laughs> when the game was announced in Buffalo to be moved to Detroit, 
they just tweeted out simply breaking in all caps. Our game is still in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that was the breaking news. Perfect. And that game was going to be Sunday night football this week. Instead, it's Chiefs at Chargers. Los Angeles hosting Kansas City, where the 7-2 and two Chiefs are favored by six points against the 5-4 and four Chargers on Sunday night football. Uh, Hardeman has been added to the uh, injured reserve with an abdomen injury. And Kansas City's defense has given up 19 touchdown passes. They're allowing 101 uh, point six passer rating for their opponents. Justin Herbert needs to match what we expect from Patrick Mahomes. We have seen this in the past. There was a narrative that was starting to build that this was going to be one of the best head-to-head quarterback rivalries for years to come because we saw what they did in head-to-head matchups last year. And it's time for Justin Herbert to carry the team again. And meanwhile, you've got Patrick Mahomes who, you know, puts on a magic show every week. So Mahomes can further his, um, I think he's rooted right now into the current MVP. MVP. Herbert can call himself a playoff quarterback by winning this game. Because I I think this is the turning point for Los Angeles. It's one way or the other. And if you want to get in, win an AFC matchup, win at home, and beat the top team right now in the AFC. It's a big boy type moment for Justin Herbert in this matchup uh, with that spotlight. They're banged up, but the best quarterbacks make the role players around them better. Austin Eckler has really stepped up, not just in the run game, but in the pass game since we have seen Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out. But, you know, you've got other options at receiver that are not the star-studded powerhouses that we know Williams and Keenan Allen certainly are capable of. But Justin Herbert needs to elevate the play of everyone around him. And they, they need to protect him here, give him some time against a Kansas City defensive front that doesn't want to blitz a whole lot. They're going to stay back and play zone. Herbert's got to be accurate, not turning the football over. And, I mean, Staley, while he wants to be aggressive against Kansas City, he needs to do it at the right times. You know, the fourth down last year, uh, any time. Not, not the right time. Right. Yeah, be, be patient in this game and allow the fourth quarter to come to you and let your quarterback take over. By the way, Herbert, among the toughest dudes, I think, in the league for what he's been playing through this year. With the ribs and everything else. He's getting hit a lot. Ever since that shot to the ribs, he's been different. But that is a pain tolerance thing that's not easy to go through. The game I'm, I'm most interested in, though, Hutton, there is that weird line game with Vikings hosting the Cowboys. I'll, I'll be tuned in for that one. Justin Jefferson, good to go, by the way. He was on the injury report. He's playing in, in the Vikings matchup. We'll get you updated on the injury report across the league a bit later in the show when we come back. The World Cup gets underway on Sunday, and, well, Qatar has already done an about-face on something they said was going to be there that will not. This is Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Sixth and Peabody, our location. You can find Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine here. Can't find that in Qatar for the World Cup. At least that's now the expectation. The move has not been officially announced. Uh, I'm reading the story from David Hookstead at Outkick.com. But they have a, FIFA has a $75 million licensee agreement with Budweiser. And while initially the agreement was, yes, beer will be sold on site, now officials in Qatar are removing this. And once it's announced, you can expect fans to flip out. And I would say Budweiser to flip out over the $75 million contract with FIFA. Look, FIFA should not be surprised by this. When you sell your soul for the highest bidder and you are willing to overlook any injustice in the country, anything else going on, and you're not really focused on the overall product, you're simply focused on fattening your pockets when you are the powers that be in FIFA, this is what you get. You get an agreement, a handshake agreement, whatever it is. That, oh yeah, we're gonna sell, we're gonna sell Budweiser products. We're gonna yeah. sell beer at the games. And then when they get the games, they're almost here. They're gonna say, you know what? No, forget about that. We're not doing it. We're gonna uh, put you. We're gonna put these in some random islands of alcohol all over the country that you can go find alcohol there. But they're not gonna be in the stadium for games. Um, it's a big deal. Regardless of your thoughts on alcohol, it's a big deal to have this global stage of an event and not have the ability to purchase alcohol with a major sponsor on board of the FIFA World Cup. But again, FIFA gets what they deserve. Well, and it's also, I think it's just an an example of, okay, what else are they going to flip and change once this gets going and all the agreements are in place? Oh, we'll do this, this, this. And then the event's going, and it's like, yeah, we're not doing that. You know, we're not going to open this. We're, we're, you're going to do this instead of that. It's, it's going to get weird. And this is, to me, this is just like surface-level stuff. Budweiser, meanwhile, tweeted out, well, this is awkward. That was the quote from the Budweiser I mean, look, media you account. deal with a nation that has thousands of migrant workers die making the venues for the deal and right. get swept under the rug. You're going to have things like well, this happen FIFA's where— used to that part. Maybe they're not going to be true to their word. Shocker. Once they have the, the tournament that's going to be in their country and it's, it's a week away, um, that needs to change. By the way, in honor of Cutter not having beer, Six and Peabody brought me and Hut, uh, Hutton and I a beer during the break. Cheers. So, I've got the Pilsner. Cheers. you got the Cerveza. World Cup won't have it, but we will. And it's going to be a hell of a, of a last During the World show. Cup here. That's right. Coming up, headlines including the Indianapolis Colts and... Are they about to go 2-0 with Jeff Saturday as the head coach? Oh, yes, and they are. How upset are some of the media going to be with that? That's next on Outkick 360.